The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to be inspired, uplifted, and motivated to greatness? It's time for Star Style. Be the star you are. With your effervescent personal growth coaches, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and health specialist, Heather Brittany. Define your vision, discover your passion, and design your future in this power-packed hour of life-changing talk radio. Featuring authors and success experts dedicated to helping you achieve the results you deserve. Be entertained, edutained, encouraged, and empowered. Smile, have fun, and celebrate you. Explore your potential and embrace your possibilities with your hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany on Star Style. Be the star you are, starting right now. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Hello there, all you power partners, and welcome to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, the finest radio show on the planet. My name is Cynthia Bryan. <laughs> and I'm Heather Brittany. And obviously, we are having fun. We are your personal growth success coaches with you every week because we know you have a plan for your life and you've set goals, and we want to help you get to where you want to go. We have you on our radar the Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you for writing, speaking, and media interviews. Call 925-377-STAR or visit StarStyleProductions.com to book your session. We want you to be the star you are. And this is by Marcel Proust. The voyage of discovery is not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. So we hope that you all have new eyes. The SAG Awards are this Sunday, 5 p.m. Pacific on TNT and TBS. Heather, I just finished voting. Oh, so wonderful. I, I know. It's it's really been a fantastic year, hasn't it? Yeah, just a, amazing, amazing uh Amazing, amazing people who in, in craft. It was just right, was right. Did you spot. did you end up getting to see Lincoln? I did. Yeah, it wasn't, it got sent to me. It was very, it was very good. Wasn't yeah. The it, the performances were amazing. I was just amazed by everyone. Well, anyway, we're not going to talk movies today. We did that last week, but we will probably be doing Academy Awards when they come up. So today, two segments of today's show are revolving around gardening. We're going to grow a new leaf for the year with optimism. And we're going to discuss the edible landscape with author Emily when she comes on. But first up in our health matters, Heather is discussing the phenomena of social jet lag. Now, what is that? She will really describe it to you. But it's kind of like if you have this hectic schedule and you are always, always fatigued, you might be suffering from social jet lag. You know, it's like when we say, oh, I'll sleep when I die, it might become true. And women are putting their their health at risk by working long hours, not getting enough sleep. And so, Heather, 
why is it that females, and I know I used to be one of them, I do really care about my sleep the last few years, um, but females especially have a misconception that you have to really work hard on your goals, on your career, and your home, and you don't need to get sleep because you'll sleep when you're dead. But bottom line, we might be dead earlier than we need to, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, that is true. Saying we're always on this rush, 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 got to you know, be better. And we kind of fail to think um, that sleep might actually potentially make us better. And this constant, you know, if we constantly feel fatigued and overworked, we actually might be suffering from social jet lag, which similar to travel jet lag, when you mess with your circadian rhythms, which circadian excuse me, circadian rhythms uh, are your internal clock that governs your uh, your sleep cycles when you wake, when you sleep, and um, it, you know the the amount of sleep you get, the the dreams you have. Your body has this natural of clock of knowing when to get up, when to go to sleep, and that's why. You know, when we were in college, we stay late at the library site, and we're exhausted, and we pull all all nighters because we want to get a good grade. Or, or even in the workplace, you go to work really early, you stay there late, you're working on project assignments, and thinking this constantly, I'm going to get ahead with the lack of sleep. It it ends up actually fatiguing you. So similar to normal jet lag, you travel, your body's not you're you're messing up your body's sleep cycle. You get somewhere, you feel exhausted, out of whack. It's hard to focus. The same thing happens um, with social jet lag. Is normal sleep, you're getting um, fatigue, poor concentration, irritability, and it starts to snowball into something much bigger. Um, again, you know, we've, we've talked before in other radio uh, segments about you know the dangers of drinking and driving, and the dangers of being tired and driving. You're actually um, something like four times more dangerous on the on the road as a tired driver than as a drunk driver, and those and that's some- really really scary because it only takes a second to fall asleep and either cause a serious accident that injures someone else or kill yourself. Exactly, and and they estimate that there's actually a hundred thousand accidents per year caused by quote unquote drowsy driving. And drowsy driving leads to lousy driving, actually. Um, I like that. You know, drowsy you re- is lousy. Yeah, when you restrict your, your sleep, also a lot of people think, you know, the less sleep, I've got to, you know, work, 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 you know, I've got all these things. And, again, sort of putting sleep on the back burner that I only need so little amount of time, um, it actually is going to affect you in the workplace because without that amount of sleep, um, your body, again, we all, we're always constantly trying to mess with our natural cycles. Our body is going, we're going to be that person that's yawning in the middle of a presentation. When we have a lack of sleep, our brain doesn't think as clearly, and that's what creates those ums, uh, uh, give me a second kind of thing, that we're, our reaction time is delayed. And a lot, again, it's so hard when we are trying to get to the top not to want to put in that extra effort, not to, to show you know, how hard you're trying to work, but without the proper amount of sleep, you're not thinking. So even, it's sort of a waste of time. Even when you're burning, um, you know, the night candle on these projects, your brain isn't thinking, you're not thinking cognizant. So you might be finding the wrong answers or not using, you know, your creative side with it. Um, you know, what's easily serious, again, is, you know, that it, it affects into also our physical levels. Um, you know, you, have you ever gone on a vacation or you get a lot of sleep and people comment about, oh, you look so refreshed or you, know, you just, you're glowing, this, 
Well, when we well, don't, I, we, before I, before you yeah. talk about the glowing, I just wanted to back up there about going on vacation. It used to be for me that I was so exhausted by the time I went on vacation that it, I really couldn't even unwind when I got there. And very often I'd end up in the hospital because I was oh, so, you know, I was so, um, exhausted that I would suffer from exhaustion when I didn't have anything to do. So this is, I think this is very serious. And yes, when you go on vacation, you do look refreshed and we need that. Yeah. And, and you know, and I, I'll get back to that in just a second, but something that we, a lot of times what happens is we may, um, it's really hard for us to break that cycle. We may plan a vacation, but then we end up doing the exact same thing to us because we've allowed ourselves to take this time off. And for oftentimes, it, you know, you're not going on a vacation down the street or a staycation. You're going to someplace exotic or snow or what. You're getting out of your comfort zone. And we set ourselves up for failure because we decide, you know, I've never been this place before or I only, this is the one week vacation I get this whole year. I am going to, you know, make this the best week possible. And we end up coming home exhausted and so, and feeling like we need a vacation from a vacation because we end up trying to do as compact as much things as possible into a short amount of time. You know, we want to go skiing, skydiving. We want to do all these things. We want to stay out late and go to these clubs and eat these foods. And when we come back, we're even more exhausted. We have a hard time of just going on vacation cheerily to just relax, to unwind. Uh, and so, you know, that's the whole thing, too. We have to allow ourselves this time just to, to take a break to take a break. Um, getting back to the physical tolls on us is we know when you stay up, the later you stay up, the less amount of sleep. You start getting bags. You start getting wrinkles. Unfortunately, women seem to show it uh, more prevalent than men. We seem to wear our sleep on our faces. You know, we sleep badly. You know, we get the bags. Well, we get those. Yeah, and they get those really the wrinkles, the dark circles, you know, all of that. Yeah, and something, too, that happens, you know, we've talked about before is when – regardless of how many hours you hit the gym, with that lack of sleep, your body's affected. It's the whole, you know, getting back to the caveman, time, uh, caveman times of how, um, you know, f- uh, fight or flight and the, the things that how our body thinks, are we never going to eat again? I should store this fat. When you have a lack of sleep, your body, your metabolism slows down. Um, things, you know, you're zapping, you know, your glucose tolerance returns fats and sugars. You start to store that more. So what happens, you know, when we're exhausted, that's why we don't think, oh, you know, I need to have a piece of fruit. We're like, I just need a candy bar or I need something fatty. I need something sure. Our body craves sugar to give us that instant rush. And the later we start eating into the night and the lack of sleep, where our body isn't metabolizing, we're not eating it. And it actually, there's been studies showing that people um, who have a lack of sleep actually have an increased rate of about 33% higher being overweight, higher than people who get that seven to eight hours a night. You know, I find that so interesting because, uh, and true, and it also, that same thing goes if you don't sleep and you don't have any breakfast. Evidently, that puts on the weight too. So that's uh, that's very interesting. We think that we can just go, 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 but we really can't. Yeah, and, you know, and not all hope is lost. Just like all things, it, it can be reversible, and it's really it's just up to us. So uh, similar to, if you know, I know the days when I've been sick or, you know, I've just been so exhausted. I've had those times where I'm, you know, a week straight, I'm getting three to four hours a night and thinking I'm okay, and then when the weekend hits, 
you know, I'm sleeping 10 hours. And that's usually a lot of times what hits us, too, is that we go these days that we work, 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 and then we think, I'll make it up on the weekend. But then when we awake, we feel more lousy and exhausted, and even more tired when you've slept so much. So it's really kind of um, spreading everything out. So kind of to start, if you have the ability to, you know, first hit it. It's, you know, with those occasional 10, 12 hours weekends, those are really going to zap us more. So it's trying to ease back into it. So first off, just trying to sleep for four days straight, getting nine to ten hours of sleep. And that may sound like a lot, but it's, again, it's getting, it takes very few, a little bit of time to sort of create a habit. Um, A lot of times bad habits are easier to stick to than good habits. So start off by, you know, kind of winding down, getting into bed early, um, making your room cool, you know, not too cold and not too hot. Again, finding that good, having comfortable sheets, comfortable clean sheets that you want to get into bed. Keeping, you know, don't have distractions such as being on your cell phone or having the television on in bed because what that actually creates, that false lighting, stays in your brain mind and that keeps you awake into the night. I know sometimes I've come straight from the bed, I've taken a long shower and, and I walk into a dark room and I still see light out there. That, you know, it's, our brain takes a little while to kind of digest things. So sorry, ease into bed. Maybe start with a book, something soothing. There's been studies showing that lavender and rosemary actually relax us better, kind of getting us ready. And then once we've gotten our sleep rhythm, when we first get up in the morning, things to think, when we first get up, avoid hitting that snooze button. As much as we think, oh, five more minutes, that five more minutes starts that process in our brain, that, that, um, that sleep rhythm that we want to go back into a deep sleep. So instead of hitting the snooze button, just get up. Is Your body will thank you. Also, it's okay to have that cup of coffee, but first start up with an eight ounces of cold water. Studies have shown that water actually wakes you up. Not only does it give you that instant hydration, but it wakes you up and gets you going. Then go ahead, have that coffee. That caffeine, it's going to get you up in the morning. Just avoid having caffeine after 2 p.m. because after 2 p.m., your body, again, is starting to do the downward cycle, getting ready for bed, even if that might not be for another, you know, six to eight hours. Um, having that caffeine still going to last into you. Also, set your alarm clock a little bit early. Get in that morning workout. Stations, it gets our metabolism going. It gets us, it makes us feel better. And a lot of times when you're working out, your body's going to wake up, and that sets the tone for the day. So many times we say, you know, I'm too tired right now. I'd rather sleep in. I'm going to work out after work or after I pick the kids up. By the end of the day, we're tired, we're exhausted, and we just don't feel like doing it. And we put it off another day, and therefore we have another bad habit. Just get it in, get it done, get your metabolism going, and you'll start feeling better too. So those are just some of my tips. Wow! We can kind of get our get ourselves better. Get I didn't dare. I didn't dare chime in. Life. You were just on a roll there. I'll tell you, you're that that was fantastic, Heather. <laughs> lots and lots of really really good tips. And you know, I just want to say as a person who I believe I'm kind of an overachiever and just, you know, constantly on the go. The sleep is absolutely critical because I was one of those people about maybe seven years ago that I would say, oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And then I really thought I was going to die. I was so exhausted, you know. So this is very critical, I think, what's um, to get to know to get your sleep. And it's been on my goal list for the last several years you know to get seven or eight hours of sleep every night and you know what's amazing it's like one the one goal that I was able to achieve so 
Anyway, that, that was really helpful. I'm going to use many of your tips. So thank you so much. So give out the website. Most definitely. We want you to go to bethestarur.com as well as bethestarur.org. All right. Well, when we get back from break, we're going to be turning a new leaf in the garden with me, your garden goddess. And I want you to get out your trowel and just get ready to dig it because you're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. And I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. Don't go away. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Boy, the third president of the United States, Thomas Jefferson, spent more than 15 hours a day studying, plus three hours more practicing the violin. And as an adult, he was considered one of the leading thinkers of his day. He was an expert in a number of fields, including politics, science, art, architecture, literature, gardening, and history. If we would read just one book per week, that would amount to four per month or approximately 50 books per year or 500 books in 10 years. Knowledge is the key that opens the doors to understanding the world we live in. By keeping our minds exercised with reading and studying, we will be mentally fit and will be better equipped to approach even the most daunting tasks with total optimism. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For coaching or consultations, call 925 925- 377-STAR or visit Star Style Productions to book a consultation. Be the star you are Light up the flame that burns Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be The Star You Are, a 501c3 top-rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org All donations are tax-deductible. www.bethestarur.org Be the lucky star Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com You can express yourself. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryant, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are, you are the star. 
Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and motivated to greatness with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Turn up the volume. Tune in to the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, back to the program with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. You'll find all you need in a life Well, thank you so much for tuning in to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where the world comes to talk and to listen. I am Cynthia Bryan, your writer, producer, host, and goddess gardener. Well, a new leaf is what we all need to have for the year. A G.K. Chesterton said the object of a new year is not that we should have a new year, It's that we should have a new soul, and I'm all about that. You know, the world didn't end on 1221, as prophesied by the Mayans, and there are new seeds sprouting as we are actually finishing up the end of, or getting towards the end of January of 2013. So with the rosy pink zinnia, the cover of the January issue of Reader's Digest shouted out, Cheer up, 17 Reasons It's a Great Time to Be Alive. And I loved that title. So this year will be a time of optimism, a time for channeling our inner gardener. In the Chinese tradition, this is the year of the water snake. And I've renamed it our next 365 days, A New Leaf, because I plan to help my readers and my listeners dig deeper to add more beauty and wellness to our lives through getting into nature and gardening. Now, as you look around, you're going to notice that everyone is wired today. We all have smartphones and apps, and we're texting, and we're Skyping, and we're using the latest gizmos and gadgets that supposedly make our lives easier, faster, and stress-free. But according to reports from the Garden Media Group, what people are really searching for is a connection with Mother Nature. People want to be happy, and the joy of gardening offers satisfaction. So being in nature, whether it is walking the paths at a reservoir or digging a hole in your yard to plant a new redbud, it offers just a little bit of bliss that you're not going to find on Facebook or Tumblr or Twitter. So fashion and furnishing designers are taking their cues from nature, as they normally do. And this year, they are showing brighter, bolder colors and textures that come from trees and flowers and birds and bees and rocks and streams and anything from the natural world that is, you know, uniquely um, original. So we have the opportunity to enhance our lives, to increase our positivity and to boost our immune systems through our horticultural endeavors. It's interesting that just as it's good to get into uh, into our garden or to get good food into our bodies, statistics are showing now that we can actually not only reduce stress, but we can reduce heart disease, cancer, diabetes, get our immune system boosted just by being outdoors at least 15 minutes a day. So it is very critical. So from ecoscaping, to native plants, living green walls to house plants, herbs to edibles. Together, we need to energize our lifestyles. And in doing this, we will lower our, bread, uh, our blood pressures, and we're going to freshen our indoor and outdoor spaces. In casual conversations that I have with people, I'm often told that people want to know and not wonder where their food comes from. 
So my response is, if you want to know for certain, you have to grow your own. And fortunately, in our next segment, we are going to have um, um, a guest. We're going to talk about edible, the edible landscape, how to create a beautiful and bountiful garden with vegetables, fruits, and flowers. So you want to stay tuned for the next segment, too, because only you know what's in your soil. So if you go organic and you become a conscientious steward of our earth, You'll not only be sustainable, but you'll be healthier. And when you're healthy, you're subsequently happier. So if you want to plant some things that you could plant right now, this time of the year, thornless or dwarf raspberries and those beautiful blueberries. They're great as landscape shrubs for a double whammy of attractiveness and well-being. And if you want to give yourself the gift of super nutrients in a bush, instead of paying high prices for the juices or dried fruit of the goji berries plant the vitamin berries collection from proven winners that company has introduced sweet life berry and big life berry and those boast a plethora of purple flowers which i love purple flowers followed by juicy red berries that are on long branched um, shrubs so they're very graceful and these bushes are showy and they're easy to grow and the fruit ripens in the autumn so you can freeze it and it's just like an uh, it's an exotic fruit, but it, it's actually a super fruit. So instead of paying the high price, just look into growing your own and you'll reap health benefits all season. Now, herbs, they are the gateway drug of gardening. If you think you have a black thumb, then you need to plant some rosemary, oregano or Russian sage. And soon you'll be singing the praises of green while enjoying the flavors of savory dishes. So for cleaner indoor air, you want to buy orchids, palms, peace lilies. Those are the spathophyllums. I could just call them spath. To scrub away all the toxins. And if you love the exotic flavors of Thai food, you can plant a kaffir lime with uh, that hourglass-looking double leaves. Or you could take a cutting of a green lemongrass stock from an Asian grocer and then root it in water. And then you could have your own lemongrass. You know, I'm going to do that. I, I really want I love cooking with lemongrass. So heirloom seeds, including tomatoes and eggplants and squash, canterbury bells, delphiniums, foxglove, and many other fruits and vegetables may be from old-fashioned gardens, but they are the future of our gardens today. If you're looking for some heirloom seeds, one of my favorite companies is Baker Creek Heirloom Seed Company. Uh, you can go to rareseeds.com. They have over 1,400 seed varieties from 70 countries. So you have the opportunity to shatter the limits, to blow up the barriers, and to multiply the possibilities with some soulful mindfulness because it is a brand new year and we want to plant a brand new leaf. Now, Winston Churchill said that the optimist sees opportunities in every danger while the pessimist sees danger in every opportunity. And as a gardener, we, we kind of look at life from a positive perspective because, as I constantly say, I know you're tired of hearing it, but I'm, you know, sometimes we have to hear things a million times. Failure is fertilizer. If something doesn't grow, we just pull it out, we put it in the compost pile, we start a new grow, a garden. Winter rains water our yards, but they won't dampen our spirits. Now, if you're in an area where there's lots of snow, there may not be any gardening outdoors for you at this time of year, but don't forget, you can still be an indoor gardener. 
And we can't really choose exactly what happens to us, but we can always decide how we're going to respond to any occurrence. Like, um, I'm, I'm not really fond. I like to ski, but I'm not really fond of the cold and the snow. I don't really want to shovel it. So <laughs> I can choose how I respond to that. But you can turn your lemons into lemonade and enrich your soul. So I really wish you a bright year of gardening. Now, here are some things uh, that you can do this year, and especially if you live in the West. There's lots that can be done in your garden right now. Continue composting. I know that it is January, but composting is necessary every day in every way. And it compost suppresses weeds. It adds active organic matter to your soil. And you can just compost almost everything that is edible except for um, uh, you don't want to put meats and fish. But you can use the, the fish bones and put those in your compost pile. But, you know, your tea leaves, your coffee grinds, even shredded newspaper, all of that can be put in the compost pile. You want to make a, like a green winter soup and really pack in those, those phytonutrients. So pick some fresh kale, kale and spinach and parsley and Swiss chard and broccoli, beet tops. They're all in the garden right now. Again, as long as you don't have snow. Uh, you just saute them up with a little onions, garlic, some vegetable stock, white wine, blend and enjoy. I mean, talk about yummy. It is really, really a great soup. And then you can cozy up your interiors with a magnificent, colorful amaryllis right now. They're mostly from South Africa or the Netherlands. And actually, this time of year, you can sometimes find um, amaryllis on sale that are starting to, their blooms are fading. Well, you don't want to throw those out. They'll bloom again. So buy those if they're on sale and, and put two or three in a container. And you will have a beautiful garden next year, or a container garden. A quince, you know, quince has been ripe. And so you can make a simple syrup and you can add rose hips for, that's like for a health boost. Pruning. Your final time, at least in the West or where you don't have snow, it's, this is your final couple weeks to get your roses, geraniums, your vines, your crepe myrtles pruned heavily before the end of the month. It's the time to cut back your wisteria and your passion vines to discourage overgrowth and the accumulation of decaying layers. And you do need to do that now. You want to make sure you're doing it before the buds break because if there's new growth, then you're cutting off the flowers. So then it's it's too late. And when people ask me what happens if you don't prune, well, it's just going to be rather leggy and... Um, you know, not very, very attractive. It just gets a little harder to keep it, to keep it in check and to keep your trees groomed. If you have camellias, make sure that you pick up the fallen blooms because the blooms add disease to the soil, which actually gets into the plant. And you can water your indoor plants uh, more frequently now, especially if you have, if you have central heat because they dry out really quickly. So you can test the soil by plunging a pencil into your indoor pots. And if it's muddy when retracted, I'm obviously don't water it. But if your pencil comes out dry, it's time to give your plants a drink. And if they seem a little droopy, you might want to mist your plants because heaters zap the moisture out of the air and they zap the moisture out of plants, just like it dries your skin. That's why so many people 
by humidifiers in the winter, especially if you live in really cold country. So misting in the morning and evening provides relief to your plants as well. This is a great time of year to start perusing seed packets, uh, seed catalogs, I mean, to figure out what seeds you want. I have already um, stocked up on my seeds, and I'm going to be planting about eight different kinds of arugula. You've heard me talk about how much I'm, I'm just crazy about arugula. Another uh, plant, this isn't a seed, but if you ha- live in a climate that has, um, is warm in the summer, you might want to buy a pineapple guava, which is a shrub that is gorgeous in the garden. It has beautiful red and white flowers, and it gives you amazing fruit. So that's really a, a great thing to do. Uh, right now, you could plant some Chinese cabbage. You could plant bok choy, asparagus, eggplant, dill, celery, borage, uh, kohlrabi, all different kinds of lettuces, uh, snow peas. And you might want to start some of your flower seeds indoors. And it's better, I find it's better, you, you don't have to go buy anything fancy to plant seeds. You know, you can just put them in a cup and just put a couple of seeds in each cup. Put a few holes. I mean, when I say a cup, use a plastic cup. Put a couple holes in the bottom of the cup and and let them start germinating. And that kind of gives them a head uh, start. In your garden, you also want to ero- erase um, erosion as much as possible. Because if you're in a rainy area, I mean, we flooded here in my garden a couple weeks ago, and you have no idea. I, within a couple of hours, it was unbelievable how much soil and gravel came rushing down the hill. Thank goodness I had a lot of mulch on my plants, or I might have had a landslide. So make sure to uh, put a lot of wood chips or other mulches because it will reduce the erosion, and it'll keep your plants warm. So, also, this is the time to buy your bare root roses. If um, if you like to plant those, yeah, your nursery will be able to advise you on the latest Best Buys. And I say buy locally because there's usually whatever is sold locally is going to grow better in your area. And then, how about um, picking some of your mint and just making some nice uh, spearmint tea to warm yourself up? It's so great all winter long. I have tea right now here in front of me that is all herbs from my garden, and it just makes me feel good. Don't forget to provide food and shelter for our feathered friends throughout the winter because if we keep them happy living in our garden, our gardens are going to be more beautiful all year round. If you have Washington Naval oranges and tangerines, they are at their sweetest in January and February. So start watching them, and when they become easy to pick, that's when to just grab them. This is a good time to transplant azaleas, camellias, and rhododendrons. It's the safest time to move them without inhibiting their growth. And um, don't forget to protect all your precious plants from jack frost by covering them with a cloth or a blanket, even a sheet or plastic with holes in it, or just move them closer to the house or into your garage. And if you start getting snails or slugs, it is time to trap them with plates of beer or just do what I do. I go out at night with a flashlight and a bucket, and I serve them al fresco to my chickens, ducks, and geese. So the leafless trees are signaling that winter is in full swing, and we just want to begin to prepare for the birth of spring. So Admire the bear bark and put a smile on your face and a spring in your step and let's get growing. 
So thank you for staying tuned and listening to me, Cynthia Bryan. More gardening tips after the break when author Emily joins us as we learn to grow what we eat. And if you don't have your gardening gloves on yet, it's time to grab them because we're going to get more info on the food revolution and how you can do it yourself. My name is Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Whenever a natural disaster occurs, Be the Star You Are charity mobilizes to get books, DVDs, videos, games, and other resources to the victims through our Operation Disaster Relief Program. With the terrible devastation caused by Hurricane Sandy, Be the Star You Are has launched Operation Hurricane Sandy Relief to ship resources to the East Coast. You can make a difference in the lives of someone in need. Make a donation today. It's Kids Helping Kids. Be the Star You Are is collaborating with Angels of God, that is a nonprofit founded by our 15-year-old Express Yourself teen reporter and co-host, Caitlin Darrow. Angels of God will distribute all the resources collected and ship them to the facilities to the residents in need. Visit www.btsya.org. That website again is www.btsya.org. And thanks for your support. Everyone count. Be the star you are Light up the flame that burns Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. Be the star you are. You are the Turn up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, it's a pleasure to bring you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where every week we introduce you to the pioneers on the planet, the thinkers, the doers, the jump starters, and the innovative minds that make a difference every day. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I am your personal growth coach. And today, we have the opportunity to transform our gardens, not only into a feast for the eyes, but a delight for our bellies and for the table. Emily Tepe is not a landscape designer, nor a lifelong gardener. 
She's simply a person who loves eating fresh food straight from the earth, and she set about teaching herself everything she could about edible gardening. The result is her newly published fantastic book, The Edible Landscape. Welcome, Emily, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I... As I told you off the air, I love your book, and I love it all the more because you are just like most of us that, you know, really just wanted to get in the dig in the dirt and to eat fresh food and know where our food was coming from and what was in it. And this book is just a fantastic balance of giving us the right tools to do it ourselves and to make it easy so I love it when I meet individuals like you who don't claim to be experts but are true hands-on, in-the-dirt people. So let's talk about uh, your book because I new research from the Garden Media Group just released that in 2012, 61% of Americans are growing their own and the stats are rising significantly literally every day so that your book came at a perfect time. What was your impetus for beginning on this project? Well, that's great to hear that so many more people are starting to grow things at home because I do think that it's just, you know, we're learning so much more these days that it's so important to eat healthy and to eat local, and there's really nothing better than eating local right out of your own yard. And not only do you get the healthy food, but you get the exercise and, and the time outdoors that just, you know, adds so much to it. Um, so, you know, I really, I definitely am like pretty much every kind of beginning gardener out there. I, I only got into this about five years ago when I decided to completely shift careers and, and get into horticulture. And I've just been surrounded by so many great people that know so much and have helped me learn and put a lot of this together. And a few years ago, I got an opportunity to design a, an edible landscape garden on the University of Minnesota campus where I work. And I just I just decided to put everything into it and just learn as much as I could. And, and so I started writing a blog hoping to share what I was learning with other people who were learning and connecting people to, to helpful resources that I found that were, were really helping me along. And the book just kind of grew out of that and, and in fact, came from um, a, a, an editor at Voyager Press who had read my blog and just thought that that could be a really great project for us to work on together. So it was really a fun way that it happened, and I learned so much through doing these first couple demonstration gardens and then learned a ton more by doing this book. And it's really been just such a fun process all the way through. That is a fabulous story because <laughs> the fact that you are, you're really, really new at this and now you are an author. Yeah. How does it feel? It how does that really, feel? It feels really good. Um, it, it's amazing how quickly it all came together. And, you know, I didn't have that much time to write it. And so it was a, a year of just learning as much as I could as fast as I could, and it was really just so much fun. And the work that I do at the university in, in fruit research also really helped to, um, you know, to guide me through this because, because I, just the things that I learned in my few years that, I, that I've been working there. Yes, tell us what it is that you do at the university. Well, I'm a research associate, and so I work with faculty members in our fruit research program. And what is it that you actually do at the university? I work on um, field research, so I, I've worked on projects from strawberries and raspberries all the way up to apples and plums, and really what we work on mostly is trying to figure out better ways for, 
for commercial growers to grow fruit where they don't have to use as many pesticides to control problems. So it's a really great you know, kind of groundbreaking field to be in because there's so much happening in that research, and it really feels good to be helping people move away from using chemicals to, to keep things healthy and productive on their land. Oh, well, see that. Is it part of an extension? Is it like a, is it like a university extension, or is it actually part of just the farm, the farm growers? Uh, like, is it an association or just part of the research team? It's part, it's part of the university research program, and then we also do a lot of extension work through the University of Minnesota Extension Program to, um, to get the word out to growers. Okay. So let's talk about transforming our yards then into a feast for the eyes. And let's just get into your book because you start off by saying that success is in the details. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, talk about the planning stage because if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's really important to, um, to, to take some time and, and really get a feel for your yard, see how the light moves through, understand just how things in your yard work and maybe look at the plants that you've got there already and see which ones are successful in which areas and really stop to think about which, which edible plants might work well in those, in those spaces. So doing a little research on what plants that you, you want to grow and where they might fit, fit in best in your yard and then you know, starting to get into more of the fun stuff of the colors and the textures and how they work together and really pairing plants so they look really, you know, they look really great as well as, um, as well as being really productive. Well, one of the things that you talk about in your book, The Edible Landscape, and we're talking to researcher and now author Emily Tepe, and The Edible Landscape is her book, Creating a Beautiful and Bountiful Garden with Vegetables, Fruits, and Flowers, is I really like the fact that you're not advocating just putting in a vegetable garden, but putting your vegetables, herbs, interspersing them along with your ornamentals and then working it all together in one cohesive design. To me, that's just the way to do it because it cuts down on the diseases and, and um, the insects, you know, the beneficial, beneficial insects are so much more um, um, prolific. Absolutely. And I think especially for people who don't have very much space, they can work in so much to a small area and get both the color of the ornamentals and then the food production of the, of the edible plants. And, and like you said, it really just helps create a nice balance to, um, to prevent a lot of problems that tend to come up in just standard traditional vegetable gardens. Now, you also have, throughout your book, you have lots and lots of photos. Were you guided by photos or were you guided by by the the vegetables, et cetera. Um, now, was it? Did you take some of the pictures? How did that work? Some of the pictures I took myself throughout the last few years when I've done the the edible landscape demonstration gardens at the University of Minnesota, and really, I think that the pictures came later um, than the writing. Which, as far as the the photos we took specifically for the book, we definitely used some of mine from earlier seasons, but. Um, I really just, what guided the book was just my process that I went through in designing the gardens that I've done. And I I really just had to get in my mind some some images that I thought would really help tell that story. 
and um, planned a lot of those and then had a great couple weeks of, uh, two summers ago with a, with a great photographer who went out with me and the art directors from Voyager Press, and we just had a wonderful time shooting photos at um, some public gardens around the Twin Cities, Minnesota area, and also at quite a few home gardens. Well, now you're in the Minnesota area, so the weather, what's it like there now? I'm in California, and we, you know, we complain and gripe about our weather, but the reality is, is it rarely gets below 30, at least, you know, we're not in the mountains, in the San Francisco Bay Area. Sure, that's so unfair. <laughs> I know, I know. I have, I have colleagues, you know, in Alaska or in Norway, and they're going, what are you talking about gardening now? But, but what is it like? What is your winter gardening like there? Because you have snow and you have really cold conditions. Right. Well, I have to be honest with you. At the at at the moment we're talking, I'm I'm actually sitting in a little cabin out in western Wyoming. I'm splitting oh, my wow, time beautiful. between um, the Jackson Hole area and the Twin Cities area. So I'm spending some time out here right now, and they deal with a lot of the same things. Obviously, really cold, snowy winters. But I know in Minnesota right now there's not much snow, but it is very cold. And actually, the lack of snow becomes uh, becomes quite a big problem. Not only for the lack of moisture that you know that it'll lead to later in the season, but a lot of the plants that we have that are marginally hardy during the winter really need that snow cover to help protect them. And so, in these really dry years, we just don't have that, and a lot of the perennials end up suffering because of that. So right. it's a little tricky in these cold places. But, but you know, it makes you a really great gardener, and while you're indoors, you can be dreaming <laughs> of, of the garden you're going to design in the springtime. Absolutely. Now, something that Emily has done in her book, she has little sidebars of Emily's 10 favorite whatever. And so you have 10 favorite edible flowers. Yes. And I like that because I think flowers add a lot when we are uh, putting them in, you know, in our, in our food. So talk about that. Well, definitely. I think a lot of people who want to go the edible landscaping route really want to get the most out of all of the plants that they put in. And so it, it is, I think, unknown that, that quite a few flowers are edible. Um, so things like bachelor button, the, you know, the really sweet sort of cornflower blue flowers are just beautiful when you pull those apart and sprinkle them on a salad or soup. Um, borage is a great one for attracting bees, and again, it has that really neat blue color. Um, calendula and monarda and things like that, just, they really bring a lot of color, but they also have that, you know, they, they, they have that double duty of also being edible, which is a really, a really We've fun We've always called thing. calendula poor man's saffron. Because oh, really? it adds oh, sure. that, you know, that lovely kind of yep. golden color, and it has a slight saffron flavor to it. Right, yes. Yeah, that one does, it's, and it's so easy to grow. Almost oh, my too, gosh, it just <laughs> grows everywhere, doesn't almost, it? I love it. Yeah, it's so colorful. too easy because the, the seed heads pop apart and their seeds spread everywhere, and you don't even, you only have to plant it once to get it coming back year after year. And what about, you know, uh, people, a lot of people grow violas. So I know that's on your list as well. Mm-hmm. Do you use those sometimes, like, in making cakes and things like that? I do, yeah. They can be candied, or I, I love just picking things like that and tossing them into a salad just to 
add a little extra color in all that green. That's one of my favorite ways to use Yeah, you know what? You're with me. I do the exact same thing (laughs) as I'm always adding things to my salad. And I really love to put chive blossoms in. Oh, absolutely. You know, because especially garlic chives, because then it has that, it's not as strong as garlic, but it's definitely that flavorful. Right. And those garlic chive flowers are so beautiful, the little star-shaped white flowers. And they attract bees and other pollinators like crazy, so they're a good one to grow. Well, now you've just bagged into our next uh, topic is attracting beneficial insects. Everything that you want to know about edible gardening is in this book. It's by Voyager Press, and the author is Emily Tappe. And you can visit voyagerpress.com, V-O-Y-A-G-E-U-R-Press.com, and pick up a copy. Of course, it'll be at bookstores and on your online stores. But talk about the beneficial pests, Emily, because, you know, people see spiders or they see a fly or, you know, they get yellow jackets and bees mixed up. And basically, I know so many people that look at any bug is a bad bug. <laughs> That's true. And it, it it is important just to stop and take a look for a minute and make sure that you know you know what bug it is before you before you smash it because that little guy could be doing some really great things for your garden. So this book definitely shows a few of those, but there are a lot of resources out there depending on where you are in the country where you can see pictures of, of the beneficial insects. And when you're out working in the garden and you hear that buzz and you see all these little creatures, you just know that they're helping things out. Now your favorite plants uh, for a garden Again, you have a list of your plants, but what do you think are some of the really easiest ones for people who are just neophytes and they want to, you know, get their toes wet? But besides, you know, besides like radishes, you know, that we always tell kids to grow or carrots, what are something that you really think would just add a lot of, you know, a boost in nutrition and be really great for you and be, be fairly easy and lovely in the garden? Sure. Well, if anyone who reads a few pages of this book will probably find out that I'm really enamored with Swiss chard. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Me, too. I love it, and I love all your pictures in here because there's so many, the ruby and the rainbow. You know, there's all the different colors, the yellows and the reds. Yeah, it's a beautiful you know, plant. It's such a beautiful plant, and because it ha- comes in all those different colors, it's a great one to stick in here and there just to get a real pop since most food-producing plants are really a lot of green. And Swiss chard is so easy to grow. The seeds are big, so when you plant them in the ground, you know exactly where they're going. You can space them out easily, and it grows quickly in the cool season, and it really it does well in the cool season and hot. And you can harvest it all season just by cutting a few leaves off the outside, and it'll just keep growing and growing and growing. Well, you have a beautiful picture on the back cover of your book, uh, The Edible Landscape, with Nicotania, and then you have Swiss chards, and then you have little marigolds in front of it. It's very, very colorful. Mm-hmm. I can't tell quite what the pink is behind the red Nicotania. I think there might be some roses way back in the. Oh, distance. it might be because it's in a it's in a distance. Well, one thing before we're getting towards the the end of time, but I also I really appreciate the fact that you have designed some gardens in here. So not only are you giving, you know, some landscape tips, but you also are showing how to put it all together 
and you're giving um, people ideas on how they can how they can do it with some of the drawings. And I, one of the things I really liked when you were talking about fruit is how you planted three trees. You know, if you have a small space, you put a peach and a plum and a cherry together. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just a really clever idea because I otherwise, you know, you're grafting and trying to get several things on one tree. But I liked having three trees, you know, in one. That was nice. Yeah, and you know, that's something that I that some researchers at the university and I are, are working on right now. Um, we we saw a nursery that was, was that had suggested that idea, and so we have a a trial plot planted with a lot of these different combinations now to see really how they work because the idea is that if they're planted close together, they'll, they'll naturally stay a little bit smaller. And, of course, it'll require a little extra pruning to make sure they don't grow together too much, but I think it could be a really nice way to get a lot of fruit into a really small space. Yeah, I think that is a really great way. It just reminds me of what I do a lot when I'm planting bulbs, and maybe you do it as well, as I stack them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll put three or four different bulbs in one hole that are going to bloom at different times, and it just works out fantastic. You know, it really, really, uh, it's like something's always blooming. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Well, the book, The Edible Landscape by Emily Tepe, has literally everything you're going to need to get going planting, pruning, watering, getting rid of insects, and, of course, our favorite part of all, harvesting. So make sure to check out voyagerpress.com. And may I give out your website for your blog so people can get ideas on on uh, gardening and fresh food? Absolutely. And that is artichokesandzinnias.com, artichokesandzinnias.com. Well, Emily, this has been lots of fun, and I learned a lot, and I know that our, our listeners have also learned a lot. So congratulations on being an author and this amazing gardener. So, you know, you are an expert now. You are an expert gardener and a great researcher. So thanks for what you did, and thanks for joining us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Well, thanks so much. I had a great time talking with you. Oh, it's been really fun. And thank you all for being great listeners and allowing us into your life every week. Make sure you're tuned to Star Style, Be the Star You Are with me, Cynthia Bryan, and also with Heather Brittany, so that you can get expert advice and have some fun and learn success from authors around the globe. You can change your life and make your dreams come true. We hope that we have inspired or encouraged you and motivated you to see beyond your physical being and be the star you are. And until we celebrate next week, remember that love always wins, kindness prevails, and smiles keep us happy. Again, I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. Have a fabulous week and dig deep. Thank you for tuning in every week for the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Our goal is to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to reach for the stars and shine brightly. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. You're invited to our Power Party next week and every week right here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel with the dynamic duo, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, our health hero, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers on the planet. We'll pour more champagne for the spirit with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. 
Until we play again, be the star you are. You.